What's up, Browns fans? Welcome to the Dogs Podcast. Let's kick this thing off. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dogs. I know Zach again today, as you can see. So send your resumes to us so we can find a replacement. Uh, now, hopefully this is the last one he misses. I know he's thinking of us right now. Um, before we get into the show today, remember to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please subscribe on YouTube. Huge shout out to everyone who checked out the last episode episode on YouTube and uh, subscribed. Even the haters. We appreciate you guys. Uh, you guys helped make it our biggest episode on YouTube so far to date. Over 1,500 views. We've added over 80 subscribers. So... As you can imagine, that made us feel really good all week. Um, we, we really like what we're doing so far with uh, this content, and for it to explode on YouTube like that was it was really awesome to see. Uh, remember, you can still find us on the AGA app on your smart TVs and Roku's. You can still just listen on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Um, lastly, before we get into this episode, we want to reach out to anyone that may be interesting and interested in sponsoring the show to start season two. Uh, we have one more episode next week. Um, that we're going to take a little, then we're going to take a little break. Uh, you know, not a super long break, a few weeks, a month or so, come back closer around the draft. Um, but if anybody's interested in sponsoring the show come season two, you know, we'd be interested in talking to you. So if that sounds like something you'd like to do, please reach out. Um, again, we appreciate all the support we've gotten in uh, season one. We didn't think it'd ever go this awesome, this well. So thank you guys all. And uh, thanks for making us a part of your listening routine touched our hearts on a daily basis and we we really appreciate you all um so as we move into the episode we told you guys last week uh we threw a link up on our website the dogspodcast.com uh you can call in and leave us a voicemail about you know obviously the browns if you want to talk indians you want to talk calves you want to talk weather pretty much anything you know we got a long <laughs> off season to fill in so dogspodcast.com leave us a voicemail uh, we're happy to say we did get our first voicemail this week uh comes from derek df sports on youtube so without further ado let's take a listen hey guys my name is derek frisbee also known as df sports in the comment section uh that's my channel name and whatnot so uh, it's like I told you guys before on the first podcast I listened to of yours. I am so happy to see fellow Browns content makers doing such a great job. Uh, you know, as you guys know, our media sucks. So, you know, if we got to do it ourselves to get good content out about this team, then that's what we got to do. So it's great seeing you guys do such great work. Love the podcast. Uh, but anyway, so I wanted to talk quickly you know, everybody's talking about, you know, trade for Deshaun, trade Landry, you know, do all these different things, get rid of this guy. I think as fans, we just got to take a step back and realize that the page has been flipped and a new chapter is getting written in Brown's history. You know, this is no longer the Browns team of the 0-16, 1-15. This is the new Cleveland Browns. And, you know, I believe next year, it's not crazy to say AFC Championship. But if we're going to do it, I want to do it with the guys that got us there. So is Watson better? Yeah, probably. Um, but let's let's roll with Baker. You know, let's roll with Landry. These are my guys. So that's it for me. Love this show. Thanks for everything you do. If you need a co-host sometime, let me know. Hey, so 
A uh, <laughs> couple things. Derek, thank you for calling into the show, being the first one. That's awesome. We really appreciate it. We're glad somebody took advantage of the uh, the link. Uh, how awesome did that uh, audio quality sound? So really good. It really sound, good. Yeah, so yeah. that's something, you know, you don't need a phone number or anything. You can do it from your computer or your phone. Can you do it internationally? Yeah. So, as hey, as you can get on the internet. Yeah. Man. Hey, our friends up north, Canada, Toronto, yeah, bring it on, Ottawa. Canada. Yeah. Call into the show. Let's, you know, let's talk football. Um, a couple of things I want to address with what he said. You know, I think some people, they got the wrong impression last week of what I was trying to say on the show. I was making the argument for the trade for argument's sake. And, and like he said, is there, is Deshaun Watson better? I personally feel that Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Does that mean I want Deshaun Watson more than I want Baker Mayfield? No, that's not, that's not what I was saying. I was making the argument for the case for if a trade could be made. I agree. I want, I want Baker to win a Super Bowl in Cleveland, just like everybody else wants Baker to win a Super Bowl. I told somebody, I want a banner up. I want his face on the side of Cleveland every time I go up. I want a statue out, you know, in front of First Energy Stadium. So, you know, I'm all in. And he said, it's not crazy to say AFC championship game. I personally feel that if the Browns shore up the defense and we bring a top 15 defense to the league next year, I, we're one of, what, a handful of teams that I think are considered legit Super Bowl contenders. Five points away from it this year. Yeah. Yep. And, and we give the Chiefs, I know that Mahomes got hurt. But the Bills did not put up the fight against the Chiefs that the Browns no, did. Nope. Mm-mm. That was pretty much surprising. rolled over. And, very surprising. Yeah. You know, so I, I just think the future is so bright for this team, especially if we shore up this defense. And, you know, we're going to get into, you know, when we come back after the break, you know, more specific players we want to add to the team, who we want to draft, that kind of stuff. But, man, if, if we pad this defense, and I, I don't think the Browns need to bring the number, you know, two defense into the league. I think our offense is so good and they can control the clock. If we bring a top 15 defense yeah. into this league next year, I think I think we can go to the Super Bowl. Like I would be just as surprised that we didn't make the Super Bowl if we do make the Super Bowl. Yeah, the defense was just so so bad this year that it was just like <laughs> a middle of the pack. We said that how many times on this show? Middle of the pack defense would have been If this yeah, year if great. the defense just didn't wasn't awful. Yeah. If we just had a bad defense instead of... I was going to say, I feel like that was even kind of like a... Yeah. If we had a bad defense instead of a historically awful defense, (laughs) imagine what could have happened. So I I, I completely agree. You know, and obviously I want to do it with the guys. Jarvis, if anybody deserves to go to a Super Bowl, Jarvis Landry deserves to go to a Super Bowl. You know, the way he's he came to Cleveland is completely bought in, bought a house in Cleveland, He's all about Cleveland. Jarvis Landry, who still has not missed a game in the NFL. Other than his COVID. No, still has not missed a game. (laughs) There you go. That crap doesn't count. So, yes, again, you know, Derek, we agree with everything. And who knows? Maybe we'll be reaching out to you, bring you on five, ten minutes sometime on the show. That'd be cool. One thing I thought was interesting. I like, did you guys catch how he subtly actually did put in his resume? Yeah. (laughs) You know, at the very end, he said, oh, hey, if you guys ever need a co-host. But at the beginning, he said, what not? Oh. <laughs> I did not catch that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it might be Zach. Uh. <laughs> this might be his burner account. Yeah. <laughs> He's been low-key just, uh, you know, it's trolling far, us. Yeah. Hey, as far as, you know, um, wanting to come on the show, we've had other people say that. That is something we are interested in. So, you know, we can Zoom you in. You, we can You can call in. We can do all that stuff. So as we move into season two and we expand, you know, what we're able to do here and, you know, we're all kind of new to this. So as we become more experts 
you know, we'll start doing bigger and better things on this as we go along. So yeah, yeah stay tuned cool to do like a listener segment. Yep. Maybe each show five minutes or something. Yep. So stay so. tuned for that. You know, there's a real chance we'll get to do that. Um, so lastly, again, thank you, Derek, for calling in and to everybody else. If you liked what you heard there, if you thought it was cool, you want to get your voice heard on the show, the dogspodcast.com. You'll click the link that says, you know, leave voicemail and you can do it from your phone, your computer. You can do it from Ottawa. So give us a call. Yeah, it's kind of nice because you don't actually have to call. You just hit the button on the website and record your message and it comes right into our inbox and boom, you're on the show. And say what you want, guys. You're not going to hurt our feelings. Don't worry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can take it. I'm a man. I'm not quite 40, but I can take (laughs) it. So don't be afraid. Um, Okay, so now that's going to, you know, we're going to move into the meat and potatoes of the episode. We have something that we think is pretty cool. You know, you see other uh, programs like ESPN do this kind of stuff. We're going to do our own postseason awards for the Browns. We've called them the Mad Dog Awards. So essentially what's going to happen here is we came up with different categories. We gave them, well, Josh gave them cool names, uh, all dog related. And then um, we came up with categories and we came up with nominations. And we're going to go over the categories. We're going to go over the nominations with you guys. And then next week on the, you know, we'll call it the season one finale of the dogs. Yeah. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll tell you who we think should have won in each category, you know, who, you know, like MVP, defensive player of the year award, that kind of stuff. But what we're really interested in, we're going to put this out there is who do you guys think should win these? You know, we're going to put a survey out there. You'll be able to vote on the survey. If you just want to comment and put, you know, say your thoughts. If you want to call in, leave a voicemail, say your thoughts. But we really want to hear what you guys have to say about, you know, this year's Browns team. So we're going to give you our two cents, but really we're hoping next week's episode can be all about what you guys have to say. Yeah. And I mean, by the time you're listening to this, everything will be live. So if you want to follow along with the show, go to the dogspodcast.com. There's a banner at the top for the Mad Dog Awards. Just click that. It'll take you straight to the survey. Or, you know, you can follow through the categories. You can vote as we go. And uh, can't wait to see who wins these. Yes. These Mad Dog Awards. We'll be able to post the survey on our social media pages. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. It'll be there. Yep. So, you'll be able to find it on uh, Facebook. And if I can ever get a hold of Zach, because he does the Twitter, <laughs> we'll have it on Twitter. And uh, my wife does the Instagram. So, I'll make sure she gets on that. You know. <laughs> nice. So, all right. So, let's move into what these uh, these categories, some of these nominations are. Uh, listen closely. Get your guys' votes in. And, uh. Here we go. All right. Category number one is the Offensive Young Pup Award. <laughs> Offensive Rookie of the Year. Okay. So who are our nominations? Nominations. Nominees are Offensive Line Jedrick Wills, Tight End Harrison Bryant, Wide Receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Offensive Lineman Nick Harris. Okay. They were the only four offensive rookies on the team, so yeah. they all get nominated. Good for you guys. Yeah. I think, you know, some of our rookies that I think – we didn't intend. I think the only rookie we really intended to probably see a lot of meaningful snaps was Wills. Yeah. And then and we thought Bryant would eventually ascend into, you know, the two role. But with Njoku's injuries early, he really went in and uh, he, he played a ton. And then was there a bigger surprise for the team than Donovan Peoples-Jones? See, yeah. you say surprise, but we talked about him as that sixth round pick that people did tout as a first, second yeah kind of round low talent. risk high reward yeah yep so i got you know just a couple stats pulled up for some of you guys somebody like harrison bryant 
24 catches, 238 yards, three touchdowns. He averaged almost 10 yards a catch. Um, How many fumbles? Uh, that's <laughs> what I, yeah, that's right. We're not going to talk about I that. I know, I know. And, you know, and just, I think he played well in the blocking game. Uh, and he just looks explosive when he touches the football. Tight end is a very difficult position for a rookie to come in and learn straight out of college. It's, it's just so different in the NFL. Um, you know for, him to, for him to do what he did this year was very impressive. Another tough position coming out of college be left tackle. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I mean, think about, think how, about the, how terrible we were last year. Yeah. Well, and you're replacing a future Hall of Famer in Joe Thomas, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, well, and then who were you replacing after that? Can, uh, we were firing the names off. Oh, Rick yeah. Robinson. Yeah. Whew. What's he doing these days, Blake? He's probably a drug kingpin. Oh, cool. <laughs> In jail. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, no, he. the thing I can say about Jedrick Wills is it almost has the feel of, like, he's the, our next Joe Thomas. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, is, is, as long as nothing crazy happens, like, you know, knock on wood, no injuries or anything, it looks like he's going to be our tackle the next 10 years. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's what we needed. We've been sorely missing that since Joe Thomas retired. So obviously he's a good candidate. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, 14 catches, 304 yards, two touchdowns, uh, 21.7 yard average. Don't Is it forget just, the Cincinnati touchdown. Yep. And, and, wow. and how important was that? Because we snuck into the playoffs, essentially. Yep. You know, we lose it. We lose that game. Who knows if we even make the playoffs? Yeah. So, and he just, only 14 catches, but man, it's like I remember all 14. Yeah. Like they were all they were all big time catches. And that hundred yard game, he's going to break through this season. I'm calling it now. Well, I mean, he was pegged as just being a, a returner kind of yep. guy this year. You know, practice or not practice squad, but special teams kind of player. And got an opportunity. All with of a sudden, with, yeah, with yep. uh, Beckham's out, and it's like, well, hey, kid, you got to step up. He did absolutely. He did blocked well too. You yep. know, we talked all season about how the receivers had to be willing blockers in this offense. He blocked well big catches and he also he did well in the return game i mean nothing crazy punt returns but how many times especially a rookie you see you go back there muffed punts uh fair catching it is three yard line or something crazy you know not, not no stupid stuff like that happened. we don't hand out comments or compliments to michigan players very oh. very easily so no, we don't no but, you know i think we're this shows a big believer in redemption yes so good job Donovan. Yes. i'm not i mean <laughs> Braylon Edwards had a very solid season for the Browns back in the day. I still don't like to talk about that guy. So the fact that I'm <laughs> well, so high on so well. So, yeah. now, the fact I'm so high on Donovan Peoples Jones, you know, that says a lot about him, not just as a player, but as a man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so those are the uh, those are the nominations for the offensive young pup award. Yep. Ready for category two? Yeah. yeah now we've it. got our defensive young pup award. Defensive uh rookie of the year so there were only two drafted this year we had uh, defensive tackle jordan elliott and linebacker jacob phillips okay so not a huge uh you know choice here (laughs) (laughs) but you know it was a category we still wanted to do yeah i thought jacob phillips uh showed flashes of a potential you know future star He's he's crazy fast, crazy fast. And then there was moments. I don't know if you guys remember the Steelers game. Like a lot of big plays at the beginning of that game where we were like, man, this guy's flying around, flying around, going to the ball, going to the ball very, very quickly. He was your Blake. He was your preseason favorite, wasn't he? 
No. Favorite drafted player, all that him. stuff. I didn't I didn't hate him. I just thought it was a reach, especially when there were other players available that I wanted. But you know, in a, you know, he had 25 tackles this year, 15 solo, 10 assists. Um he just he showed flashes and limited and very limited opportunities. Right, cuz yeah. he wasn't a starter or anything like no. that. So, he made he made his impact when he had the opportunity. I absolutely agree. Yes. And then uh, you know, Jordan Elliott the D-line struggled, I think, at times this year. But I think he, at least everything I'm hearing, he showed a ton of potential. He had 15 total tackles, six solos, nine assists. Um, you know, I think because of the potential he showed the guys, people like Ogan Joby might be out. So, yeah. you know, we'll see, we'll see going forward. But those are the two nominations for Defensive Rookie of the Year. And... You know, blame the Browns for not drafting more defensive players this year. To I wish have we would nominations. Have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wish we would. Well, have, I think guys. we might have a little more to pick from next year. I'm Absolutely. Guessing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So category three is our Air Bud Golden Receiver Best Pass Catcher of the Year Award. Okay. So a little thing about this, we obviously did, we didn't want to do just Best Wide Receiver because I think we could all say that that was going to be Odell. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I think we could all agree that, I mean, hands down, if it was receiver on our team, it was going to be Jarvis. So we wanted to broaden our horizons a little bit, um, open it up a little. So we just went best pass catcher. So this includes receivers, tight ends, and running backs. Baker caught a pass this year, too, so maybe Absolutely. he's in here. I don't know. Tiptoeing. <laughs> so uh, we have Jarvis Landry, of course, 72 receptions on 101 targets, 840 yards, three touchdowns. Rashard Higgins had 37 receptions on 52 targets for 599 yards and four touchdowns. Then we have Austin Hooper. Hooper had 46 receptions on 70 targets for 435 yards and four touchdowns. And then, of course, we have Kareem Hunt. 38 receptions on 51 targets for 304 yards and five touchdowns. It's kind of crazy that a running back had the most receiving touchdowns. Yep. yep. He, and, you know, we knew that coming in that he was a weapon out of the backfield. Um, one thing that stands out to me on this is all these guys have a pretty decent catch, per, you know, percentage. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's nobody on here that had 20 catches on 80 targets. Right. You know what I right. mean? Like, I mean, Higgins, 37 to 52. Yeah. Solid. You know, so what is that? 15. There are only 15 balls that were thrown his way all year that he didn't catch. And so, I mean, even Austin Hooper, 46 to 70. Mm-hmm. So, high efficiency in the Browns offense this year. And I think there's some really good, some really good options because of the way we set this category up. Um, we have, we all have our opinions, but we don't want to sway you guys. We want to see what you guys have to say. So next week we'll get into a little bit more of the, who we think should win and that kind of stuff. Today is more of a, you know, an infomercial. We're just laying it out there for you guys, uh, giving you guys the information so you guys can make your decisions. I'm interested to see who, uh, who the fans vote for this one because, Honestly, I'm still up in the air. I'm because you go down the list, you're like, okay, well, uh, uh, wow, okay, they're all. I like think you I, remember big plays from each one every, of these yeah. guys, yeah, and it's like Ugh. I think off the top of your head, you just immediately would think Jarvis. But if you dig a little deeper yeah. into some of the numbers and you and you watched all the games like we did, you know that there were people that made an impact for us in the passing game and the receiving game, not named Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not trying to sway anything, but you just brought to my mind the Jets game where we had no receivers. And Austin Hooper had to get peppered with targets, and everybody knew he was going to get peppered with targets. And yet, he still, I mean, obviously he didn't come up as big as we were hoping, but he he was up against it in that game. 
He was basically the only professional pass catcher yes. out there. <laughs> yeah, amen. You know? Yeah. So um, a lot of good options there. And I'm really, like he, Josh said, I'm really curious to see who you guys considered not just the best receiver, but the best pass catcher. Because what do you put more emphasis on? Do you put more emphasis on yards? Or do you think touchdowns? Yeah. You know, what affects the game more? So, you know, Jarvis, 840 yards, but Kareem Hunt had almost double the touchdowns. Yep. You could have people, too, that make the argument that Odell's still even in a half year, his numbers aren't bad. No, nope. they're really not bad. Honestly, I mean, before he went out, I argued every week on the show that he was our best receiver this year. And I argued against that every week. <laughs> but, um, I mean, he's very talented. Very, very talented. I mean, just for just for giggles. Odell? Well, yep. I'm going to pull up Odell's stats. I got him. I got him, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Oh, he was uh, 23 receptions on 43 targets, 319 yards, and three touchdowns. How many games was that? Seven. Seven. So he matched Jarvis's touchdown total um, in half as many games. Yep. Less than half. Yeah. And he averaged 13.9 yards per catch. Yep. The yardage isn't great, but we also all remember that Dallas game. Yeah. Where See, he, he this, just this is the difference, on. too, between a lot of times as fans, you know, we do a lot of our analysis. I use that word loosely on emotion <laughs> and what we're seeing at the time and everything. But yep. when you kind of dig into stats like this and you see what the team was able to do that second half of the year and what Beckham was doing the first half of the year. It's like, I don't know, maybe we bring him back next year and it's like, wow, you know, we were way off base. So I was, I was actually a little surprised with a lot of the reaction to the video last week. A lot of people were saying, bring Odell back. And I think, you know, two or three months ago, people were screaming to get rid of him. And then I think it's just, people started to warm up like, well, Hey, I mean, if he, we can get him into this offense, who knows what could happen? Yeah. I think there's more trust, too, with Baker that he'll – it's not going to be that same kind of I have to get him the ball. No, I agree. I think it was super – I don't want to say there's a silver lining to a guy having such, you know, like such a bad injury, but for Baker to come out and have the success that he did without him, I think it, it does a lot for his mindset going into yep. the next season. He, does, he knows he doesn't need him. He's a luxury. He doesn't, he doesn't need to force the ball to him. Mm-hmm. So, well, those are your nominations for Airbud Golden Receiver Award. By the way, Josh, <laughs> I, I, I was telling some people about these names and they loved them. They, oh, good. Because I'm like, I'm going through this. I'm like, this could either be really cool, funny, or just super corny. The, I don't, the people I talked to said it was really funny. So, yep. hey, I let mean, us come know on, what the, you guys the show's think. the dogs. Come on. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, nicely done. Mm-hmm. Well, for the next category, we have our guard dog award. <laughs> that would be our best offensive lineman. So we've got obviously the five stars. You got your left tackle, Jedrick Wills, left guard, Joel Batonio, your center, JC Treader, right guard, Wyatt Teller, and right tackle, Jack Conklin. What a difficult, difficult Ooh, category. What a good problem to have, guys. I, I mean, last year, <laughs> it was the opposite. There would have been two people maybe in this yeah. category. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I don't see, you know, highest dog award, <laughs> which Craig Robinson would have sealed uh, Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> uh, no, so I knew whenever we were coming up with this, who I, you know, my nomination was for this award, and it might surprise some people. You know, I'll get into it next week. But, man, the worst one of these guys might be J.C. Treader or Wills. And Wills, How we just talked about. Yeah, and J.C., I JC feel like JC Treader, he, he's not making Pro Bowls or all pro teams, but he is just a very good center. Yep. All the time. He's a very good, and the dude plays through injury. Yep. You know, I feel like you need a lineman that can kind of, because linemen get banged up. 
and he, but I mean, the dude plays on like broken ankles and stuff. You can make an argument for any of these guys. And I think that says a lot about what Cleveland did. And then also the hiring of Callahan in the off season. Yes. Yes. I mean, if I mean, for but, what a huge question mark that was, I think a lot of people saw that we were going to be okay. When you add, you know, a Conklin and you add, you know, a Wills in the draft. I think people saw, Hey, you know, this line is going to be a huge, huge improvement, but man, the bringing in of Bill Callahan, I don't, I don't very overlooked. I almost think that we don't talk about that enough because it wasn't a shoe in that this line was going to be great. Yes. We added Conklin, but nobody thought Wyatt Teller was going to be the number one graded pro football focused guard in all of football. And, and despite everybody, you know, loving Jedrick Wills, he still went tenth. There were other tackles yep. taken ahead of him, mm-hmm. and yep. he still we still had to transition him from yeah, he right, was a right tackle, tackle. Yeah, to he left never tackle. Played left yeah, tackle. Re, we have to remember that he was a right tackle yes. at Alabama. So, so wow. it, it wasn't a shoe in that this line was going to be great. When you know we had our hopes mm-hmm. and, and we thought it could be, but it, it's a testament to these guys and like Justin said. I mean, I don't think we Bill Callahan gets talked enough about the success that this Browns team has. No, nah, he was big. And, and I'm just going back real quick. I know you said about J.C. Treader. Unless I'm looking at this the wrong way, P, uh, Pro Football Focus has him ranked number two in the league. Really? On, as a, a center. <laughs> yeah. Call me crazy, so, but does the dude ever get Pro Bowl votes? I don't know. No, I don't think I, so. I don't think he's ever been. Not that I remember off the top of my head, but I don't remember him going to a Pro Bowl or anything. No, but and what I love about Treader is he's a Nick Chubb type of player where it's, he comes to work. Yep. Yep. That's it. He comes to work. He does his job and he does it well. It's like I do. I'm using union president by night. Yeah. Center <laughs> by day. So I think that I'm very, of all of the categories, that might be the one I'm most interested in because there are five options there. And I think all five of them have a case. They all deserve oh, Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So I'm, I'm very interested to see, to see how that goes. So you want to take us into our next uh, category? Yeah, next category is the Homeward Bound Award. Comeback Player of the Year. That one that hits a little close to home. I love that movie. <laughs> I was like, man. That movie was on TV last night. Uh, really? Was like, yeah, I was like, huh, interesting. Sassy. Yes. For all you young kids out there, go look at Homeward Bound. And Homeward Bound, too. Just keep it going. I mean, I don't know. It's Saturday. I don't know if you guys are watching it live. So, hey, just fill your weekend up. That's right. All right, so Homeward Bound Award. We have defensive end Miles Garrett, defensive end Olivier Vernon, wide receiver Rashard Higgins, quarterback Baker Mayfield. Again, tough. I, I know who I, no, I nominated Miles Garrett for this, but I don't know if I'll vote for him now. And why did you nominate Garrett as the comeback player of the year? Because I felt like he there's a lot of adversity he had to face coming back. One, he was suspended. So he didn't get even. He didn't even get reinstated. Yeah. Until you know before the season or whatever. That that suspension that happened to him last year. I mean, to a, for lack of better wording, for a weak-minded player, could have destroyed his career. Yeah. I, I think that there was a legitimate argument that people were worried he wasn't going to get back in. I mean, I we had watched that happen and we were like, whoa. Yeah, he just Dude, almost killed somebody. He just literally hit somebody with a helmet. Yeah. That I mean, the, the, the backlash he received and just, just the going back in the locker room the next day and, and think, thinking, wow, I did that last night. Yeah. That could destroy your mentality as a player. It's kind of like me, like back in the day when I'd be playing Mario Kart on the 64, <laughs> I'd get super mad and throw my controller and bust into a million pieces. And then 10 minutes later, I'd be like, 
I wish I had the controller. Damn. <laughs> I don't have a job. Yeah, what was I, what was I doing? Why did I break that controller? I feel like that's how Miles probably felt. Mm-hmm. He was like, man, I'm going to kill this guy with my helmet. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, oh, damn, I can't believe I just hit that guy with my helmet. His helmet. His helmet. Yeah. <laughs> so if you ask Freddie, Pittsburgh started it. Uh, <laughs> so and these are sticking some, to it. These, and, you know, and Higgins. Higgins, you can make a case for Higgins. He sure. was forgotten last year. He was forgotten the beginning of this year. Yeah. I, what about Baker? Literally, like for yeah. me, that was my, oh, we're not allowed to say, well, hey, uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, for a guy that people pretty much, even halfway through this season, wrote off and said, you know, hey, Cleveland's probably yeah. got to go in the direction of taking a quarterback here I was, very soon. Oh, we know, Blake. Yeah, and you're and, you're one of those. Yeah, we uh, know. And we said the same thing about Vernon, just to make the final argument for the last guy here. I mean, halfway through the year, we were saying, "Okay, we need to get rid of him and find somebody else." Yeah. And then he came on. What were your? You had the stats, right? So, yeah, the stats are crazy. From the Vegas game on, he had nine sacks. The second half, especially with Miles out, I felt like he just stepped to the plate and right. said, "Hey, no problem." He had I, nine, and Miles had how many? Since three. Then? Yeah. Now, Miles missed some games there, and you know, but you can make, give give the stat of what was up into that game. Uh, was it opposite nine to zero? Yes, <laughs> Miles had nine, and then if you factor in, you know, the strip sacks, I think he had four. It's crazy to me that Olivier Vernon was more productive with Miles out of the lineup. I know you would right. think you would think Miles would be getting those double teams, those tight end chips, yep. all that extra attention that Olivier Vernon would have been feasting on the other side. So. You know, we talked, do we bring him back? If Olivier Vernon's willing to take, you know, I'm not saying he has to take a huge discount or a veteran's minimum or anything, but if he's willing to take a team-friendly deal to try to win a Super Bowl here, I think you 100% bring him back. And I think he is kind of probably up for that because he restructured his contract in training camp. And he, sure. I didn't know a lot about him before he came in, but he just kind of seems like a pro's pro. Yeah. Like, you know, like a, a lot of these guys on these Browns under Stefanski's direction, they just kind of go about their business. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't hear a lot from him. So I became a believer, 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 bleh, 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 in Olivier Vernon. <laughs> I was also a believer of that. Yeah. I also, yeah. uh, but I do want to touch on the Baker thing because 10 games into this season, I was still not sold. And yeah. it now, you know, that's, that's our quarterback. Yeah. He could so, say, he could tell you whatever he wants. Yeah. So the fact that he, you know, turned it around so much, you know, in the span of eight to 10 games to the point where I was like, I never a hundred percent gave up on him, but I was, I was nervous. I was very nervous. And then to yeah. the point now where I'm not nervous at all. No. It, it, and it was, I mean, we all, all Browns fans listening and watching, they know as a rookie, we saw Baker and we're like, Oh wow. The flashes yes. like this yeah. guy can be elite. And then last year it was, Holy crap. This guy could be one of the worst quarterbacks biggest bus ever <laughs> and then going into this year it's like which one are we going to get yeah and right at the beginning we got oh he's looking like the bus and game to game you kind of saw yeah, that. you like, didn't know and even then, quarter to quarter you but saw but then that. it was like as soon as that eh, it was a it was a midway or a little before midway in the season it was like uh, uh, i felt switched, like and it was the cincinnati game injury yeah no doubt. and then like blake even made good points that yeah. so you had those games and i went to every one of them houston game awful weather the hurricanes Philly off game, the lake yeah, yeah. Yeah, Philly game, awful weather. He he brought up a good point from that Jackson. Uh, even people talk about the Jacksonville game where he made that horrible read yeah, the, in the end zone. I, I remember literally watching my phone just going, because my phone was just a lot of negative. 
I don't need that during the Browns games. Oh, I'm know. sorry. I, I should say okay. it was probably no. mostly me. No, it was a little bit of everybody. It's okay. If there was a tale of what we're getting out of Baker in this season, I think the perfect example was that Colts game. Mm-hmm. If you guys remember in that Colts game, in the first half, he looked like the quarter, like, I mean, he looked like Patrick Mahomes. He was dicing him up. And then if you remember the second half, it was abysmal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, we've seen the best and the worst of Baker all in one game. And I was fearing, is this what it's always going to be? Are we always going to see, you know, the highs followed by 10 lows? And then he went 300 some passes without throwing a pick. So bravo, Baker. You know, we'll see what the fans think. But I think we have some very solid candidates for comeback player of the year. Because, again, Higgins, I mean, we have like six catches last year of that. And and healthy scratches. Yeah. We, we yeah. always said, "What's going on?" Is Did this not guy play just, coaching decisions? Yeah. Is is it a Freddie thing? And then even going into this year, we were going, "What is really going on with this guy?" Because you were seeing it happen again this year, and I'm like, "He's so talented. He's so explosive. Why is he? Why is Hodge in there?" You know? Yeah, yeah. What is was, going on? What is going on with this guy? And is he, he signed, street racing on the side or what? <laughs> yeah. And he and he signed a, a team friendly deal to come back. Yeah. So you know that he thought it was going to be different this year, and it took an Odell injury for it to happen. And you know who knows what's going to happen, but I don't want the Browns to not bring him back. No, yeah. and the you cannot deny the chemistry between him and Baker. It's oh, just yeah. it is different. It's special. Yeah. I mean, it goes all the way back to. Baker's rookie year when he was the second string guy, Higgins was the second string guy, all training camp, you know, they were, those were the guys. Yep. So that was Baker's guy. I think you have it nailed there. There's something special. There's yep. something just, something, I feel like nice. the, if he doesn't get speared in the helmet in that Chiefs game, you know, who knows what we're talking about right now with Higgins yep. because yeah. he almost made, you know, the play of the century for the Browns. That was a game changing type play. So, um, well, let's move into the next category, a category that I came up with, so I'm pretty pumped about it. Yep. This is the Dog Pound Dog Award. So, unsung hero. The nitty-gritty guy. That's right. The guy who might not get the newspaper clippings, but our team wouldn't be the same without him. Yep. All right. So, the nominees are running back slash kick returner Dearness Johnson, offensive line Blake Hans, offensive line Kendall Lamb, cornerback MJ Stewart, and defensive end Porter Gustin. Man, we got some interesting names in yes. here. Yeah, um, Blake Hans, a guy, a guy who was practicing in a parking garage, didn't even had never met the quarterback of the team, you know, and steps in and starts in a playoff game it's against very, very one fun. of the best defensive tackles in all of football, mm-hmm. and we didn't hear that defensive tackle's name called one time. Nope. You know, and then the very, and then you're like, okay, thank God we got our line back. Hans doesn't have to play again. And the very next week, Wills goes out on what the first play or yeah. something, first yep. play. and he steps in, and Hans has to step in and play a different position. So this is a guy who wasn't on the team three weeks ago, <laughs> has now started <laughs> in a playoff game, come in in the second play of a playoff game in two different positions, and and played very well in both of them. Yep. So. You know, I'm going to make an argument for a couple of these guys. Don't think I'm swaying well, your guys' opinion. No, no, no. And I'll <laughs> piggyback off that, too, if you want to go line. I feel like Ken Lamb. I mean, that was we, another plug and play yep. at wherever he needed him. You yep. put him in. And, and we thought, oh, Chris Hubbard, we got, you know. And he only had two less okay. touchdowns than Higgins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or not Higgins, uh, Jarvis. Yeah. Two, yeah. Less, two less receiving touchdowns yep. than Jarvis. Yeah. 
I think him coming in, uh, I and mean, he was matched up with T.J. Watt. And the we, Steelers we game. always went, oh, that first play, yikes. Oh, this is going to be rough. That was it. Yep. That's all you heard. You didn't hear T.J. Watt's name the rest of the game. Nope. Kendall Lamb had that on lock. Yeah. <laughs> Something I would not have... Yeah, I would not have made a dollar bet on that. No. <laughs> in um, Vegas. You know, and whenever I came up with this award, I'll be honest, the first guy I thought of was Dearness Johnson. Yep. Because... You know, when Chubb went out, this guy stepped up. You know, it was Dallas. Chubb went out and Hunt was out. Yep. And he stepped up and, I mean, everybody ran all over Dallas. Yep. But, again, this is a guy not on anybody's radar. Comes into a game thinking, I'm, I'm probably going to fair catch a couple kicks today. Yep. And you then know, sealed the Colts game. Well, and you said everybody ran all over Dallas. But that game was not a runaway for the Browns. That would no. came down to the wire. So, he ha- it was an important position. And you remember that, he came that, into. He, that run he broke off to ice it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then I think something that gets overlooked is in the kick return game this year, he was above solid for the Browns in the kick return game. Averaged 25 yards of return, had a long of 43, no dumb decisions. There was never that time where you're like, what's he doing? Why is he bringing it out? And he got tackled at the six. You know, a heady guy did whatever the coaches asked him to do. Uh, To me, defines unsung hero of a team. So, Dearness Johnson. What not Johnson. Yeah. Um, and then a couple, a couple of these other guys, MJ Stewart, we gave him a rough time, but man, that guy, that guy played his heart out to the stretch for a practice squad guy who was yeah. never supposed to be on the field to begin with crucial, cr- two crucial interceptions. Yes. And it just flew around the field. Mm-hmm. I feel like he might not have always been, you know, in position to cover people or whatever, but man, that guy played with a ton of energy, a ton of heart, always around the football, tackling people, interceptions, and again, a guy wasn't even supposed to be on the field. And he probably earned himself a job, if not on our team. He'll be somewhere. somewhere. I got I to gotta say, too, talk about the culture shift in Cleveland. Because if you had a practice squad player three years ago coming in and playing in a game, it would have been a joke. Yep. You know, because the culture was, who cares, we're two and whatever anyway. It doesn't matter. Yep. These guys come in off the practice squad this year, and they played their hearts out. Yep. Now, they weren't perfect. They weren't great, but... Well, and did they ever hold their own? I mean, and then it came down to 11 and five. There's so many big plays from so many of these guys that if they don't go that way, yep. we're, we're not talking about playoffs. We're not talking about, you know, a Rashard Higgins illegal hit. Yeah. I mean, right. call me cra- the Browns. <laughs> the Browns might not make the playoffs without MJ Stewart. Right. It's crazy. And that's, that makes me feel good about depth going forward. Yep. You know, so if we, now obviously these guys played, you know, really well and they, when they needed to, but they're not starters, but if our starters next year do go down, at least we know, hey, these guys can hold their own when they're called upon. Well, and championship teams have players who know their role. They excel in that role, and they're not, you know, they do their job. Yeah. They're not out trying to, you know, do too much. They do their job. They know their role. And, you know, your team is only as good as your weakest player who's out there. You're not, you know, it's like offensive line. You could have four all-pro offensive linemen and if your right guard is trash, your line is going to look like trash. Yep. You know, so to have guys who know their role are willing to come out and do the dirty work, and at the end of the game, Odell's locker's right next to him, and the guy didn't even play, and there's 30 reporters there, and you just made an interception in a game to send us to the playoffs, and there's probably not one reporter at your locker. And you lace them up, and you show up to practice the next day, and you do it all over again. It t- To win championships, you need guys like that. Yeah. So, you know... Of all these lists, the the list we threw together for these unsung heroes, those are just a bunch of 
players on this team that that I just have a ton of respect for. No. So, and I don't know if they care that they have my respect, but. Well, that's why this award is called the Dog Pound Dog. Yep. You're our dog. You know, Hugh Jackson came up with this, and, you know, I don't like Hugh Jackson, but it was the, <laughs> it was the play like a brown. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that that's what these guys did. Yeah, it was a, it was a great idea. He just didn't execute the culture change mm-hmm. successfully. Yeah, or the game plan or, or anything. Know, the draft <laughs> preparation or, you know, <laughs> any of it. Yeah. <laughs> So we got a couple more uh, categories here. What's the next one? All right, we got three left, and these are our big ones. So we've got offensive top dog. That's our offensive player of the year award. So we've got offensive lineman Wyatt Teller, quarterback Baker Mayfield, running back Nick Chubb, and wide receiver Jarvis Landry. Yikes. How crazy is it, though, that we had a lineman so good that he's on the Offensive Player of the Year award list? It was so noticeable, like, noticeable when he was not out there. That's, that, that that's is what insane. got him into this category. Yes. The fact that when we played a game without Wyatt Teller, you were like, something's, something's off. And then the when run we, game wasn't as good. The no. pass game wasn't as good. And then yeah. when Wyatt Teller played, you're like, man, we're mauling these guys. Yep. Like, we're getting eight yards of carry. He... I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a lineman make that kind of difference. I've never enjoyed watching a lineman as much. Like, because when he goes out there on, especially those run plays, man. Oh, (laughs) yeah. He's destroying guys. Yeah. He, we got to lock that guy up. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Baker offensive play, the quarterback's always going to be in there unless he's, you know, Jared Goff. Yeah. Or, uh, Uh, Baker wouldn't have been in there last year, I don't think. Oh, no, I, but I don't know. We couldn't have done an award show last year. Yeah, be like, hey, who's really good at running up and down the sideline in a game in important moments, but will not go out on the field? We could have put a poll out who started it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, then Nick Chubb, five and a half yards of carry, I think, 12 touchdowns. Uh, over a thousand yards rushing, even though he missed how many games? I think four? it's five. Yeah, four, four or five. five. Yeah. Um, and I. What's crazy is, I don't know how the season ended, but at one point this year, even though he had missed like four games in a row, he was still number one in the league in uh, 20-yard rushes or something like that. I mean, the dude, he's a walking 10-yard run. Yep. He's so good. And there's nothing extra with him. No, that, that, that's almost the thing that like we laugh about it. It makes me nervous going into next year. Like when they start talking contracts, I'm like, is this guy going to be like, I want a hundred million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, that was the first thing I've ever heard him say. <laughs> we I, can't afford this guy anymore. One of my favorite things that was said about Nick Chubb was Ryan Clark on get up. Mm. And he was talking about, you know, they were talking about the Browns and how good Nick Chubb was. And he's like, this guy, there's something to be said. You, you should be scared of the guy who comes out. No wristbands. You know, no visor, no gloves. He just looks like the mannequin of how to wear your uniform. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he just looks like the mannequin out there. Like he was like, oh, this is how this goes. This is how this yeah. goes. Time to go to work. You know, no, nothing flashy, no, nothing. And then he scores a touchdown. Everybody's freaking out. And he's just like, okay, get me out of here. Yeah. I think I like one of my favorite things I've ever heard him say is they asked him something about like, you know, like you're so quiet why don't you, you know try to put yourself out there a little bit more? And he's like, Hey, or like does Ferrari put blame, you know, like commercials on TV. No, <laughs> they don't. Which tells me he's got it in there. To be a little he bit. Knows. Well, he knows. Yeah. yeah. Some of, and then, you know, like the, the whole, the dark night thing, like it's so awesome. Yeah. He, I'm kind of nerdy. So like the Batman reference, I'm like, 
I feel you, bro. <laughs> I think we're all it's a little the, bit nerdy here. Oh, yeah. The, the night is darkest before the dawn. I do feel you have a cat up. named Muggles? <laughs> I do have a cat named Muggles. Oh, now. man. It's all coming out. Now. Yeah, here so we we're all a little bit nerdy here. Don't you yeah. worry. Uh, yeah, so, and then obviously Jarvis Landry, we talked about the biggest, you know, acquisition this team's made in maybe franchise history as far as changing a culture yep. of your team. Oh, yeah. And had Huge. a bad start to the season. The first half was not good. Drops. He had he had more drops the first half of the season. Played hurt. Like he had. He, that Colts game, broken ribs. I don't know. They never really said how many ribs he had broken. But, I mean, watching the hit happen, I'm like, oh, that, that sucks. Yeah. He, he's not playing. And then had an excellent, excellent second half. I, he embodies everything. That, that I still say that wide receiver room where they caught him just getting into everybody's business and you know, mm-hmm. it's, contagious. Not it's contagious, you know, I want that. I yeah. want that in Cleveland. Oh yeah. He's, but those are the guys who change cultures. Yep. You know, the, the coach, if the coach has to be your rah-rah guy and your culture changer, you're, you're not going to change your culture. You know, he, the coach can only do so much. The players have to buy in and hold each other accountable. Absolutely. And, and he, and he started it three years ago, you know, and he's just been molding the team essentially. So, you know, how much you guys, what do you guys find important? Do you think it's his leadership is going to make him offensive player of the year? Or do you want, you know, Nick Chubb's yards? Or is it the fact that Wyatt Teller was the best guard in all of football? So again, tell us what you think. Vote, you know, dogspodcast.com. Yeah. Click the, the banner at the top. Check it out on Facebook. Check it out on Twitter. It's just a little mid, mid-game reminder how to <laughs> vote for this stuff, okay? And, and again, call in. You know, tell us why, hey, I got on, I voted for Jarvis. This is why. You know, we want to know. If there was a nominee that you think should have been in a category that wasn't, absolutely, tell us why. Yeah. Love to hear it. You know, and if we like what you had to say, maybe we'll bring you on, we'll fight. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go 10 rounds. So, you know, call us. Uh, So, what's the next category? All right, so the next category is now Defensive Top Dog, Defensive Player of the Year Award. So we've obviously got defensive end Miles Garrett, okay. defensive end Olivier Vernon, linebacker B.J. Goodson, or cornerback Denzel Ward. I think there's three very good candidates, and then really I think it comes down to two for me. I, I agree, and I think I know the two. And I'll, without saying a name, just say if this guy stays healthy, he should – be in that conversation for yes. that third person because when he's out there, he does Different his job maker. well, better than most people. Correct, but <laughs> without saying it, yes. But I, I, and you know, all these guys miss some time, except for one of them. So maybe I should, maybe I should give him more credit. But to nope. me, <laughs> no. But I, and I think you know, some people are going to just say it's Miles Garrett. But I think you can make a real argument. Yes. And it's not necessarily Miles Garrett's fault, but he was not the same after COVID. That's after- why I brought those. Uh, I was curious because it felt like that second half. Olivier Vernon. Miles, Miles Garrett was arguably runaway defensive player of the year for the league before he got COVID. But it took a toll on him. And like Justin said before the show, you'd see it. He'd go out and do a play. And they'd bring him out, and he'd be huffing and puffing. Gassed. And, yep. and again, it's 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 not his fault that he got sick, but you know we have to go based on what we saw. He was playing, so we have to judge him. And Olivier Vernon stepped up huge. I mean, he had, until he got hurt, he was getting a sack a game. Yep, or more. There's he, in the Philly game, he had three. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, and you, you do have to factor that stuff in. I mean, it wasn't Odell's fault that he got hurt, but he didn't make the category for best pass catcher or pass catcher. Yes. You know, so because he wasn't there. Yep. Yeah. And so, so, you know, so obviously Miles Garrett has a case, but I don't think oh, he has a strong case. They, yes. They the, all case do, is, the case is very strong. Yes. But again, <laughs> I don't think I think if you're really thinking about it, it's not as cut and dry as yep. what you would think when you first heard the category. Yep. You know, I, I think if you think about it, I mean, in Denzel Ward has one of the lowest completion percentages in all of football against him. When he's yes. in there, people cannot complete passes against no. him. He's a lockdown. Yeah. And this is a little off topic, but we might be getting Richard Sherman. Yeah. Imagine pairing Richard Sherman with Denzel Ward. I like the the leadership aspect of it. <laughs> Obviously, like, so I was talking with a guy at work about it, and he's compared to, like, Terrence Mitchell. That's an upgrade. It's That's a huge upgrade. Here's the thing. Richard Sherman is an upgrade over... 90% of the league. Mm-hmm. His man to man might not be top. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. But yeah, his, I mean, he's one, he'll lock down half the field in zone coverage. Yep. And if you throw at him a bunch of times, he's good. He'll pick, he's going to make you pay. Yep. So, and you're going to have, who do you throw against now? Do you throw against, or am I going to pick on Sherman? You know, art, you know, is he a future hall of famer or, yeah. you know, or do you throw against Denzel? So, I know that got a little off topic, but I saw some of these things, you know, and CJ McCollum's trying to recruit him. Yeah. You sent me a message saying there's a rumor going around. I said, I wouldn't call it a rumor. If it's a rumor, if like a random guy that doesn't have the check mark next to his name is saying about it. Yeah. All right. So I, excuse me. I was trying to pull this up real quick. Thanks a lot. Internet quality. Um, (laughs) So CJ McCollum said, just want you to know, we would love to have you in the land with my squad, the Browns. If you need recommendations on places to live or restaurants, let me know. Sherman responded, I appreciate you. We will see how the process pans out in a month, but I hear you. I I've, I like it. I've heard that he wants to come play for Joe Woods, and we were tough on Joe Woods this year. But if we're going to bring him back, let's give him pieces so we can yeah. really evaluate him. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I I have never, I don't know. I, yeah, I'll say I've never been more excited for an offseason because of what we accomplished this year and the players that are going to be available this year. Yes. Man, let's go get them. It's crazy because I'm kind of like going into this offseason. It's weird because usually I'm just like, well, I wonder who we're going to take with the second pick in the draft. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been like that for my whole life. Yeah. So it's weird. I'm I'm excited. This is the difference, though. Now, like, I'm excited for who we're going to sign in free agency because people want to play. Now it's a attractive destination. Yeah. I don't, the draft so much. I'm like, okay, we'll get some young guys yeah. to, you know, grow the team a little bit in the future, but who are we getting to help us right now? That's they're not, they're not coming to for the weather. No, I they're coming. That. They're coming because Stefanski's built something, something special. Yes. Yep. And you come to Cleveland, especially if you're a defensive player and you think you can help change, transform that defense, you know, we're going to the, the Super Bowl. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's if like you're Richard well, Sherman, you're thinking, man, if, if I watched the Browns all year last year, and if they could have just, you know, stopped the pass sometimes one time, they're in the Super Bowl. And he goes, well, hey, I can stop the pass one time. Yeah. You know, so very excited for this offseason. And, you know, super exciting for us to, you know, bring you episodes in the offseason. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited that there's going to be some content. Uh, so. What do we got? One more category? Yeah, we went off there. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, sorry, got a little off topic, but it's all right. Exciting. So, final category is our best in show, the MVP award. <laughs> These categories, the mad are, dog. It's, like in the Unbel- West. it's unbelievable. <laughs> hey, I like it. I like it. It's best our in own. show, uh, low key, probably one of my favorite movies ever made. If you haven't seen that, that is a really weird movie. Check that out. It's funny. It It'll makes laugh. me think of like the Westminster Dog Show. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. So we've got quarterback Baker Mayfield. He ended with 3,563 yards, 26 touchdowns to eight interceptions with a QBR of 72.2. And that's QBR, not uh, QB rating or whatever. Yeah. So 100's the highest. It's 50's average. So that means he was well above average. Yeah. So then we move on. We have defensive end Miles Garrett with 12 sacks, 48 tackles, four forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. Those strip sacks were huge. Yes. Wide receiver Jarvis Landry, 72 catches, 840 yards, and three touchdowns. And a whole lot of leadership. And a couple stats that I forgot to tack on to his because he did some other stuff. Four completions on four attempts for 74 yards and a touchdown passing. Perfect. And he also had four carries for 10 yards and a touchdown rushing. Against the Steelers. Yep. Which is big. Which (laughs) was awesome. Yeah. Okay, so then we move on to running back Nick Chubb. 1,067 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns. Then he had 16 catches for 150 receiving yards on 12 games. Give me four more games of Nick Chubb and wow. I mean, 12 touchdowns on the ground. That's for a running back to get double digit touchdowns is huge. I don't think people. This isn't like, well, didn't LaDainian Thomas have like 20? 20, I thought he had more than that. I thought he had 28. Oh, I thought yeah, it was, it was like high. Ridiculously high, yeah. Man, yeah. I, I love the Diddy Me too. Me yeah. too. Yep. Yep. And then finally, we have running back Kareem Hunt made the category. 841 rushing yards and six touchdowns on the ground. And he caught 38 passes for 304 more receiving yards and five touchdowns through the air. So dude had 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns. Yep. He was our, our B-back. Yeah. And then there was one more nomination that Zach texted in that uh, we got to add to this list. For the uh, best in show? For best in show. And it's a little, you know, out of left field, but he said Kevin Stefanski. Okay. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I wish he was here to uh, he said, explain. He said that was his out. <laughs> he texted and said that was his out of the box nomination was Kevin Stefanski. It's fair. And... Do any of these guys have the season they have without Kevin Stefanski? You could probably say Baker doesn't. Jarvis probably still getting numbers. Nick Chubb probably still getting some numbers, but like, you know, does does Baker have the season he has? Does you know does Cream Hunt? Because Freddie didn't know how to use. He had Cream Hunt playing fullback. Yeah, in the wishbone. <laughs> Everything was wishbone. You know what I mean? So, you know, So, what do you guys think? Can it, can a coach be an MVP? Head coach, well, he is because he's now on the on the voting. He's on the ballot. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, he's yeah. on the ballot. Head coach Stuck Kevin there. Stefanski, eleven and five record, one and one in the playoffs. Rookie head coach. <laughs> Congratulations, Coach Stefanski. F- yeah, he's coach, of be, the, coach of the year. I was going to say he's going to yeah. be. He was already Pro Football Writers Coach of the Year. Yeah. He's going to be Coach of the Year. Yep. Yeah. So he pulled away at the end there. Yep. Uh, I think that's very. That's not even discussed. And I know it's a regular – I don't know when they vote on it, but if they hadn't voted before the playoffs, I think people watch the way we played the Chiefs and then they're going to watch the way the Bills played the Chiefs. And even though yeah. we, we both lost to them, I mean, we looked more competitive. Yeah. So, 
Well, hey, that concludes the nominations for the first annual Mad Dog Awards for the 2020 NFL football season for your Cleveland Browns. Uh, hopefully, 15 years from now, we're on our 15th annual Mad Dog Awards. That's right. So, uh, had a lot of fun with this. Hopefully, you guys are going to enjoy voting. Um, you know, again, please call in, comment. We want to know not just who you voted for, but why you voted for them. Uh, you know, next week is the season finale. Let's make it a big episode. Let's go crazy. I think the kids say, let's go ham. We might be, uh, we might be dressed a little nicer next week. I don't know. I mean, it's an award show. So I don't know. maybe I'll bust out a tuxedo t-shirt. I uh, probably have like uh, one nice uh, jacket and I probably wore it to Blake's wedding. So I'll probably uh, bring that back. Maybe I'll wear pants. Hey, that would be nice. I'm kind of tired of you. Not wearing pants <laughs> yeah. back there. He thinks because he doesn't sit on the side of the table, yeah. he can get away with it. Right. You know who else pants. is tired of me not wearing pants? Whoever has to sit in his chair next. <laughs> that chair gets rolled to the other side of the room. Jesus. I marked my territory if you catch my drift. <laughs> All right. We got off oh, track man. again. Yeah. It's early. No uh, kidding. Okay. So, <laughs> obviously, there's a decently sized game tomorrow night. Uh, Super Bowl LV. Um, who you guys got? So it's it's crazy. I was I, I think that all these games last like eight playoff games have just been like coin flip. You could literally it could be anybody. But I think going into it, I want to take the Chiefs. I wanted to I just feel like they're just so offensively they're just so good. Travis Kelsey's a man. Tyreek Hill, as much crap as I talk about him, he's real, real good. If he can stay on the field, that guy is they're all game breakers. Patrick Mahomes. I just, I like the Chiefs. And I'm not discrediting Tom Brady or anybody on, you know, the Tampa Bay. I just think that, man, Chiefs are, they're way better than everybody. So when I think back to the first game they played this year, Tyreek Hill had an amazing game in the first quarter. Yep. And I think the Bucks learned from that because the they came back and made that a game. And I think Tyreek Hill had like 40 more yards the rest of the game or something. They found out you probably shouldn't play press man coverage against the fastest guy in football. Yeah. Um, also, at the time of that game, the Bucks were very up and down. One week, they were smashing the Packers, and the next week, you know, they were giving up 200 yards and three touchdowns in a quarter to a receiver. I think they figured some things out. Um, this is a tough game for me to pick because I think both teams are loaded with talent. Yes. We talk about how much talent the Chiefs have. The Bucks have arguably just as much talent. And, you know, and the greatest winner of all time in Tom Brady. So, uh, for me, there's a very, for some reason, I'm just leaning towards the Bucks. And who knows? Maybe they'll come out and get blown out. I don't, I don't have a dog in this fight, so I don't care. But... <laughs> Uh, for some, and I also think we're all expecting offensive shootout, so I'm calling defensive struggle. Mm-hmm. I'm saying Bucks win like 14 10 or something crazy. I, I think it's overlooked that the, the Chiefs are missing their two starting tackles, and Patrick Mahomes has a banged up toe. I thought he was missing two toes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Correction. <laughs> so, I mean, we saw in the Browns game before he, he hurt his neck. He was not as his, as sharp throwing the ball whenever he he hurt his toe. Didn't and look bad against the Bills though. No, it was, no. So I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. We'll see how he's doing. But yeah. I could be way off. But for some reason, there's just something telling me it's not going to go the way we all think it's going to go. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, both defenses, the thing is, like, Tampa Bay's defense is better, I think, but the Chiefs' defense isn't bad. Like, they're both good defenses. Uh, they've been the playing thing, the Chiefs very yes. good. Yeah. Yes. They dominated the Bills. Yes. The Bills were the hottest team in football, and they shellacked them. They did. They did. So, I, I, I think I, I could see it being the defensive struggle, like you're saying, and I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, so if the, the game is 23 to 20 or 24 to 20, right, mm-hmm. with a minute and a half left, which team is ahead and which team needs to co- go down the field and score a touchdown? You know what I mean? Do yeah. you think Brady goes down to score the touchdown to win? Or is it Mahomes that can go down the oh, field? Oh, they both can do it, bro. Yeah. But, but Let's be honest. <laughs> but I guess the Bucks have been so back and forth and Brady has been so prone to the inconvenient interception this year. And Mahomes has been so not he's been precise i don't know man i i got i will take the chiefs in this game you i thought you're gonna, gonna, you gonna say you're gonna switch it up and be like i'm taking my boy tom brady if you didn't watch the first yeah don't let him lie to you this guy likes him tom brady he I, loves hey, him come tom on man brady. 43 years old and playing the way he is it's whenever crazy. you've watched the drop off of peyton manning you watch the drop off this year of drew yeah. Brees, philip rivers these guys that you know get close yes. to 40 or hit 40 and all of a sudden it's dead arm Brady throws that ball down the field. Oh, he's still got it. Up. A cannon. Yeah. He's, he's still, still throwing the ball it. 70 miles per hour. Yeah. Yep. But it's just Mahomes, this is the changing of the guard. You know, this is where the GOAT hands it over to the future GOAT. And that's very I fair. mean, Mahomes' athleticism, I, watch the Super Bowl and just, just uh, sit back and take in the greatness on well, that field tomorrow. Last football game for, what, eight months? Yeah. Soak it in. Yes. That's, you know, enjoy it because... Man, it's going to be a cold off season. <laughs> you know, I hate it. It's like the worst time yeah, of the year for it's me. It's a like, long ugh. winter. You know, yeah. what the counting crows say, it's a long December. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. I know I'm going to enjoy it. I think it has a chance to be a really good game. I'm predicting defensive struggle. I'm kind of hoping it's a shootout, though, just for, for fun. Um, so that's who we think next week. Oh, and Zach, Zach picked Chiefs 38-35. Oh, are we doing scores? Do we have to do scores? I said 14-10. What did you, you, you say, 24-20? Yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, I don't know. Give me uh, Chiefs 42-35. All right, okay. so that'd be, that'd be your shootout game. That'd be a lot of fun to watch. I yeah. should make this game weighted because I'm the only one who picked the Bucks and not, you know, be like, winner take all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure Zach's far enough ahead in the uh, – the game picks this year that we're all buying them dinner, so this doesn't really matter. But uh, next, get them to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, <laughs> next week we will review, you know, the Super Bowl. As obviously, we'll do the awards show, and then um, we'll review our picks for the season. Give you guys our, our yearly totals. See how we did. See who won the the pick them for the first season. Um, but well, let's wrap this thing up. I got an Xbox to go buy. Ooh. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for checking out another episode of the Dogs. Uh, remember to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please subscribe on YouTube. Share the video on Facebook if you don't mind. It helps us out a ton. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode is you got one more NFL game to use our promo code for Thrive Fantasy. That promo code is DOGS, D-A-W-G-S. Uh, get a 100% match on your first deposit of $20 or more up to $50. Um, to, you can use it for other stuff, but if you if you like NFL and that's your, that's your thing, tomorrow's your last chance to play a contest on there. Yep. So but basketball's rolling. So if you want to get out there and play some NBA contests, PGA, all that stuff, yep. Yeah, so it's all there for you. Check it out. It's a ton of fun. It really is. And like I said, there's something for everybody on there. It's not hard. 
you don't got to play $500 games. There's literally dollar games. So I, like, I love making my picks each week. Like I'm like, I haven't made my picks yet for tomorrow's contest because I'm kind of waiting. Like I got a special time. I'm going to sit down tonight and just go through it real nice and do slow. Do a tinker like, stinker. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> that's where the best thought, you know what I mean? That, that's thinking time right there. I'm not the only one that watches the league, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, but yeah, so check them out. You know, they're awesome for sponsoring the show with us this year. So it's a ton of fun. I'm probably going to do a big game tomorrow just to, you know, end the season to some fireworks. So maybe I'll be quitting my job on Monday. Nice. <laughs> uh, so again, all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, subscribe on YouTube. Again, thank you so much to everybody who watched this episode on YouTube last week. Over 1,500 views is insane to us. I didn't know that many people would ever click on one of our videos. Uh, again, if you're looking to sponsor us, come season two, uh, reach out to us. We'd love to talk, get to know you, see what you're all about, see if our values align, you know. Uh, <laughs> oil the soil. Yeah. Uh, so get a hold of us. You know, we'd love to work with you guys. We're open to anything. And then big, please don't forget to vote. Yes. The, the award show can only be as fun as you guys make it next week. Um you don't want to just hear us say who who we think should win these. So please vote and not just vote, comment, call, um, leave us a voicemail. Let us know why you voted for who, who you wanted to vote for or if we should have had somebody else on that list. Different ways to vote, dogspodcast.com, banner at the top of the page. Just click on it. It'll take you to the survey. We'll also get the survey posted on our Instagram, our Twitter, and our Facebook. Um, so you have really no excuse not to, to go vote. Uh, make your make your voice heard. Get your input in. Let's make a season one finale next year's best show this season. And uh, we'll catch you guys all next week. 